Hello, Christmas angels, and welcome back to Straight Up, the podcast podcast hosted by us journalists Kathleen and Ellie. How are you today, my love? I'm good. It's the run up to Christmas. The countdown is officially on. Silly season. You feeling festive? Well, I went out for dinner last night, and the idea of normally going out for dinner on a Monday night would usually have been completely absurd to me I would never ever do that in a million years what about you it's the Christmas feels I'm great I had yeah. double festive plans on the weekend and I had my second girls Christmas lunch on Saturday I need to tell you about how we did our secret Santa to follow on from last week's topics yes. have you heard of white elephant no I it's haven't. like a What's way that? of doing secret Santa oh. in, with my North London girls we wanted to do things a little bit differently and so instead of picking a name you bought a present that could fit for anyone it's mostly girls there's one guy in the group but we left all the presents on the table and basically you then set numbers and you go around each person has a chance to take a present or to steal someone else's so it's basically all based in like stealing so if you like the look of someone else's present you can nick it how it goes all the way around like that you just set you just look at it if you see it you're like i like i'd rather take that than like a wrapped present from the table you just take their present and they can't take it back so in that sense, it's better to go last. The person that went first can also then have a chance to steal at the end because obviously they didn't get a chance to steal because they only could take a present mm. from the table. And yeah, at first it all starts off very civilized. Everyone's like, oh no, I'll just pick one from the table. And then as good ones start to go around, so the present that everyone had their eye on was this little like jewelry making kit with loads of beads. Really cute actually, like really nice like pearl beads, gold beads. And everyone wanted it. And so it got nicked about three times, moved around the table. Oh my God, This I would like, I'd come to blows probably. Yeah, yeah, it gets, people get angry. What's the price limit on the, on the, on the white elephant? Well, you can do it with any price limit because it's more about the white elephant situation, i.e. Right. the stealing. But our limit was 20 quid. So I got for my gift, which ended up with my friend Emerald, a beauty pie cleanser. And then, you know, like the juju one. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. Lovely. the cult one that everyone loves. Yes. Yeah. And then I also, very fitting for today's episode, bought a children's winter coat from Choose Love for a child that really needs it as the second <gasps> half of the present. So a donation kind of in their name, I guess. Or a gift, Such really. A fab idea, Cathers. Well, that sounds very exciting, I have to say. It was. And in equally exciting updates, I am desperate to hear about your cinema trip to Saltburn to see Saltburn. Right. I yes. need to go and see it. So I'm going to do it. I must be the only person in the whole of the UK that has not yet gone to see it. So give me a no, spoiler-free rundown. We're saying on the weekend they hadn't seen it. Look, guys, I don't know how to talk about this interestingly without mentioning one spoiler, which is just the three most provocative sex scenes. I don't think they get in the way of the plot. Like they don't spoil the plot, but they're so juicy I have to discuss them. So if you're going to be a wetter about it, skip a bit. But I think we'll cope. I think we can all listen and we can all cope. Okay, I'll be the judge because I have not seen it and I am very much oh, wanting yeah, this to, to be a spoiler-free zone. So, all right, all yeah. right. Um, if okay, you're getting so, too close to spoiling, I'm going to reel you back in. All right, fine. You will be the arbiter of spoilers. Um, so Saltburn is a class satire by Emerald Fennell, who did Promising Young Women, which we both loved, the rape-revenge drama. And sh- and it's starring Jacob Elordi, who we love from Euphoria, and Barry Kjohan. Is that how you say his name? I'm not sure how you pronounce his surname, to be honest. I probably should have looked that up before we chat about this, but I do love him. He was recently in... Top Boy. What's he in? Oh, that's it. He was yeah. recently in Top Boy as the nutter with the, uh, yeah. the grandparent in the old person's home. 
He was also so weird, but so good in um, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is why Emil Fennell wanted to cast him as the weirdo in Saltburn. So basically he plays Oliver, who is an outcast uh, at Oxford. He's like, he dresses weirdly. He doesn't really have any friends, but he becomes obsessed with Felix, who is like the jock of his year, who's played by Jacob Elordi, like beautiful man, lo most popular boy, gets all the girls. And he becomes obsessed with his class as well as like sexually obsessed with him. And it's that kind of constant like conflation of, you want what he has in his life and that kind of mingles in with a kind of sexual obsession as well. And basically half of it takes place at Oxford and then the other half takes place at Felix's like insane country estate in like uh, probably like the outskirts of Oxford or something. It's got a great cast. Rosamund Pike is a scene stealer as like this super obnoxious haughty aristocrat Lady Elspeth she was brilliant but we'll get on to her in a second because she gave quite a contentious um interview to the Guardian about class which everyone got very annoyed about um but the thing I am most shocked about and again I don't think this is this is a spoiler free but they there are three sex scenes in this in the film that I felt were too much they are so extra and so provocative I feel like maybe Emil Fennell did it to go viral. I feel like period sex on screen has become the trend of 2023, as have cocks on screen, as per Billy Porter's prediction. And in fact, Emerald Fennell says that Oliver is bisexual, so he does have experiences with women as well. And one of these experiences, he goes down on a girl who's on her period and smears the menstrual blood all over their faces. Oh. in a kind of trying to be hot way and she's really into yes it. that's obviously meant to be shocking but do you remember Cathers when we watched Fair Play that's how it opened oral Does sex it? on with um, her on her period yeah and then no, of course, I totally did not register that. Oh, really? Yeah, it opens with him going down on her in a toilet and her being on her period and then getting it everywhere. And then also, a few years ago, Michaela Cole, I May Destroy You, the most shocking scene was the man eating the girl's blood clot. I'm so yes, sorry, Yes, I do. No, please. You should have done a trigger warning there. I that was so sorry. Bile, if that... Sorry. Yes, I, mean, I do in fact looking remember at, anyway, I And I kind of like the fact that, like, let's destigmatize periods. Yes, people have sex on their periods. There's nothing shameful about that. But do they smear it all over their faces and eat it? I mean, that is one thing I'm not sure. But then Emerald Fennell did say about Saltburn that it's a vampire movie. Um, obviously, in terms oh. of Oliver wanting, like, to suck the, like... Uh, the, the life out of these people that he becomes obsessed with quite literally in terms of stealing what they have stealing their is lives is it meant to be like a kind of modern bride's head or yes like, is it bride's is. Head revisited is it that is. what she's going for I have to say I did love Promising Young Women like we said but I have since watched or listened to interviews with Emerald Fennell where she has kind of rubbed me up the wrong way and she's pissed people off with this film hasn't she she has she I think because she's like comes from like Nepo Baby like upper middle class jewelry empire everyone's like what right do you to like explore class boundaries and make a class mm. satire in this way it's just quite basically what i came away from the film being like well i've seen this a thousand times before you know like with posh or um like you say bride's head like i felt like there was nothing new in this film in terms of class satire it was all very predictable apart from those shocking sex scenes 
I was just like mm, a bit bored. And and actually, no, yeah. Okay, so you didn't yeah. love the film? No, I thought it. I thought it was oh. very very average. And actually, there was a bit of wow. backlash. Wow! Oh my yeah. god, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to say you loved it. I mean, it was perfectly fun to go and watch. You know, if a Friday night, it's fun to watch. Definitely, it's fun. Uh, and the soundtrack's great. And it's set in 2006. And there are all these, like, references to, like, the music and even, like, the wristbands that like, guys wore back at, like... And obviously, it's really fun to watch rich people be obnoxious. But there were some contentions. Uh, Alexandra Jones for the Evening Standard wrote that it's like kind of not okay that actually the rich people are the most likable and then the like Oliver the kind of outcast is like the most unlikable um yeah and, and the, the like crazy one that's doing all the wild thing I don't know that feels a bit questionable especially like we said when you consider the perspective that it's coming from like from Emerald Fennell who's like absurdly posh Yes, and also Alexandra Jones makes a really good point where she says Saltburn presents the moneyed upper classes as misguided bumbling buffoons and therefore harmless when actually these are the people like running the country and Who, like, so control like, the world. Yeah, so it, they're not <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, we don't have jobs and we're rich, but we don't actually have any power. Like you do. So that was interesting. I enjoyed reading the backlash. Oh, it's been huge on TikTok, and I think. Uh, it's because no one has like seen Brideshead Revisited and so for them it is totally new but I did also see on Reddit that everyone was like this was meant to be a subversive film and it's like the least subversive thing ever and people were quite disappointed by that Um, but then there's two other sex scenes which I found completely mind-boggling one and I'm just gonna watch Katha's face as I say this one after Oliver sees um, Felix masturbating in the bath he then goes and drinks the bath water after he finishes. And and I read that the sound effects for that, the foley, as we've talked about before, were yeah. uh, the sound of a an octopus slapping against oil uh, mixed with Oliver's Well, that's slurps. actually what they use. Yeah, that's what they right. use. And then It just the, sounds like it's trying to be very shocking. Yeah, it's trying to have a call me by your name, peach fucking moment. And I'm sorry, but that just didn't quite translate. Then then the third one is known as the grave fucking scene. I won't say much more. But yeah, Barry Kilhun is one brave actor because the stuff that he does in that film. I mean, your parents are not watching that. My colleague Poppy Platt tweeted about this, which I thought was quite interesting. And she said the only on the nose bit about Saltburn is showing through Oliver just how many Brits would rather invent a tortured backstory rather than admit the most heinous of things being suburban middle class. <laughs> that is quite <laughs> Which <funny>. I think <laughs> is quite accurate. I think that is where it is quite good of showing just how like, no, everyone is so scared of being boring. I think it depends what circles you're in as well. You probably have so much more of an understanding of that than me, like having gone to Oxford. Like I don't actually really know that many people that have like self-mythologized. Like most people that I know actually do have quite boring backstories and kind of just own them. Whereas I guess if you're in an elitist space, then people have this need to want to like show off and be someone. And you're around other like really well-connected, well-known, whatever kind of people. So you feel like this need to be, to not be inferior. I think there's also, and something I definitely saw at Oxford, was working class people um, being the object of like really purient fascination. Like they, like people who would ask some questions wanted their stories to also be as like dramatic as possible because 
that was the nearest they would even get to that kind of drama. And I remember speaking to one working class friend that was like, I always felt the need to like, that my story was somehow like, not devastating enough as a working class person or not wow. interesting enough. Like they wanted like gruesome details. Wow, um, okay. They want like a kind of like rags to riches tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is you always see it in um, journalism, right? From from Hackney to Hollywood, like there is such yeah, fucking yeah. like trope of like, you want, yeah. you want this neat little rags to riches story and so many people have an issue with it. Um, I mean, as in so many people who've been interviewed have really kicked off about being put in that box, which is so fair enough. Yeah, so fair. I also do, once you go and watch it, then go and read Rosamund Pike's interview in The Guardian because this also went viral. Um, Rosamund Pike got absolutely slaughtered for saying that she felt like an outcast like Oliver because um, even though her parents are opera singers and she went to a boarding school and went to Oxford, she once didn't have the right hat for the, for the horse racing. Felt like <laughs> an outsider, blah, blah, blah. And oh everyone was like, God. Um, I mean, it's quite interesting because it's so indicative of Britain's obsession with class yeah. culture. Like you say, in the in the US, like there isn't the same class structure that we have. Exactly. So I guess it must be quite an interesting film from that perspective. And I think, I mean, also with Ros, not that I want to defend Rosamund because I think she definitely like <laughs> went a bit too ham on her. Like, I know how it feels to be on the outside. But um, I'm sorry, no, that is just so absurd that you didn't have the right hat for horse riding. That is so tone deaf. The fact that you could act in a film like that and then go on the promo run and say something like that shows how disconnected from reality the upper classes really are. That said, then you look into it and actually, okay, she went to a boarding school, but she was on a 75% scholarship. Um, I don't know. Cathers, I want to hear about Leave the World Behind. Well, you have also seen it, as we discussed yes. last night. Guys, we were prepping our little recos for today, and we both have been completely obsessed with the newest Netflix thriller. I don't know who else has seen it, Leave the World Behind, as Elle says. It just recently got knocked off the top spot on Netflix by the new Chicken Run film. But yeah, it is based on the 2020 novel by Ruman Alam. The film stars Julia Roberts, Maharashala Ali, Ethan Hawke, Mayala Herald. Actually, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Mayala, Mayala Herald. She's the incredible Harper from Industry, which yes. we also loved. And then Kevin Bacon as well. And it follows two families as they na navigate like an apparent apocalyptic cyber attack. I just have to say as a starting point, was it not the best thing in the world seeing Julia Roberts play a misanthrope? Like, yes, that opening monologue that she does. Again, we will be very careful here, guys. No spoilers, because I want you to all go and watch this film. I do not want to ruin it for you. But Julia Roberts plays Amanda and she opens with this uh, monologue where she's looking out the window at the kind of rush of people go past. And it ends with, I fucking hate people. Yes. Hearing America's former sweetheart, like golden girl of the 90s, say, I fucking hate people dead on to the camera. It was just so delicious, wasn't it? Yeah, I thought it was so good. Very interesting Loved soundtrack it. as well. Yes, I really like the way it was all done. Like the style was brilliant. So the director is Sam Esmail, who is behind Mr. Robot. And he kind of, it's quite surreal, isn't it? It almost feels a bit Quentin Tarantino. I actually really thought of Force Majeure and Ruben Ostlund. Yes, I love that film. with the scene with the cargo ship on the beach, which was perhaps my favourite scene in the whole film. 
What I will say, guys, is that the film has seemed to have divided people. I was looking at the reviews, and while loads of people loved it as much as we did, there were also lots of one-star reviews, particularly from, like, the general public on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Some people clearly didn't, I guess, get it. I don't know. One thing we should mention is that it's actually from the Obama's production house, Higher Ground, and I think it's definitely meant to be a kind of fable, isn't it? It's a warning about how easily an already divided society can crumble, how vulnerable to societal collapse I think the US already is, and also just about how reliant we all are on technology. It's a kind of cautionary yeah. tale. That's what I got Yeah, yeah, it. yeah. It also made me think, like, I was speaking to S, like, what would we do? Like, how would we survive in this situation? It feels real in terms of a dystopian premise, doesn't it? Because you're like, actually, it is more likely that we would suffer a cyber attack that would take down all technological communication than, say, a zombie apocalypse like in The Last of Us. Yes, exactly. I love disaster films. Did you ever watch um, The Day After Tomorrow? Is that what it's called? Day After Tomorrow, yes, I did see that film. I love an apocalyptic film. Mm. I love a dystopia, very Mm. much into a dystopia. But one of my favourite bits about the film was like, I guess the subtlety, that's where I thought the brilliance really kind of lay. Like even just the mistrust that underlines our relationship with strangers. So again, guys, this is a basic framing narrative device, not giving away too much, but... Amanda, Julia Roberts's character, goes away with her husband and two children to a gorgeous, massive house in, it's in New Jersey, isn't it? It's in the countryside outside yes. of New York. They're New Yorkers and they, they go away for a kind of spontaneous weekend. And during that weekend, the owner of the house and his daughter, so this is Maharashala Ali and Mayala, knock on the door and say, this is our house. There's been a blackout. Rather than going back into the city, we wanted to come here. Yes, the, the, the subtle, even like racial and class dynamics between the black dad and his daughter and the white, like suburban mum. Yeah, Julia Roberts is like clear kind of subconscious racial profiling yes. where she doesn't believe that it could be their house. It's very subtle though. But I thought the bits with the Tesla cars was very well done and accurate. I could so imagine that happening. Yes, and Elon Musk, in fact, did respond to it and completely missed the point, which is quite funny. So the one piece I highly recommend that anyone who has seen this film goes away and reads is Unpacking the Friends References in Leave the World Behind by Jen Chaney, which is in Vulture slash New York magazine. And it's so clever because... Director Sam Esmail did actually choose to amplify all the Friends references from the book. So there was a Friends reference in the book, but it wasn't to the same degree that it is in the film. Again, I won't give away any spoilers, but anyone that has seen it will know that Friends runs through as a very big kind of thematic thread. Yes. What I thought was so clever about it is that basically it's this juxtaposition of an idealised, nostalgia-tinged New York, which is embodied by friends, with the apocalyptic Ah. reality that's in front of them, which I didn't get at the time. Did you? I didn't get it. Yeah, because that's literally what friends like stands for. This nostalgic, unrealistic, like dreamlike version of the past. But what really, I guess, gives it an added layer, which of course no one that worked on the film could have known, is that Matthew Perry has passed in the time since the film ran. So that gives it an extra kind of layer of sadness or a sense of things gone and past. And obviously Julia Roberts actually dated Matthew Perry. So it's... <gasps> yes, of course. I remember reading this and um, he dumped her. Yeah, and she guest starred in Friends. So it gives this weird like Aww. meta ad- addition to the film. Which God, I, I just hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, you're so right. Right, guys. 
On to today, very quickly, I want to tell you about the book that I've just finished, which is by our one of our guests for today, Dorno Porter, Cat Lady. You also bought it for your Secret Santa, did you not? And let me she, tell you, they are in for a treat. She finished it and loved it. Did she? Yes, Forward. it's a quick which, read. It's a really what, do you fun, know what? pacey book. She's such a fan of the pod, shout out Anna, that she knew that Dawn was coming on this week because we said it last week. And so she quickly read it in time. Oh my God, I love that. So that is what all you other fans should be aspiring to, you, that Anna. kind of dedication. Well, I've got yeah. to say, it's a really fabulous book that I think all the honeys will love because it's very much about choosing to live life on your own terms and navigating societal expectations as a woman. So again, without mm. giving away too much because I've become a paranoid freak, uh, the main character <laughs> is Mia, who on the surface has it all, like this gorgeous home, husband, stepson, a director job at a jewellery company, and then she has this cat pigeon who she absolutely adores and loves. However, under the surface... The cat's called Pigeon. I know, isn't that cute? That. And it actually opens with Mia going to a therapy group for people who are grief-stricken from losing their pets, which I also <gasps> thought was very sweet because Essential. I pet bereavement is a... Is a much ridiculed topic in society, whereas anyone that has an animal knows how sad it actually oh is. Oh my God, yeah. I'd have like, to take a week off. Also, jewellery bereavement oh, is a thing. Oh, else for the honeys that don't know, do you want to share or is it too hard? <laughs> it's honestly so sad, it's going to really hurt my heart. But I mean, it's has, a very first world problem, just to, to clarify. <laughs> <Yeah. I'm>, this <laughs> is not it's a tragedy, <laughs> it was just We are literally Rosamund Pike. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. But guys, no, but seriously, um, um, my christening, my christening necklace that I'd been wearing since the day I was born. No, that can't be right. Since the day I was christened, more, more likely, um, which had my birthday and everything, and a, and a guardian angel engraved from my uncle was cruelly stolen from my luggage after I'd interviewed Camila Cabello in Montreal. Name drop that yeah, there. That was <laughs> you had to join a jewelry bereavement Facebook group, did you not? I did, and I had to read lots of um, medium pieces about because it's not very mainstream things, <laughs> but people had written um, like blogs on medium, and I found that very comforting. Where you you become obsessed and cry a lot, and because it ties you to someone, particularly if they've died. I mean, my uncle hasn't died, but I actually have lost jewelry from my grandma as well, and it's the sentimental value. It's become even more painful, yeah. So and if anyone else has felt that, then and they kind of say that with the pet bereavement as well. They're like, it's yeah. about what that loss actually stands for in terms of what else you've been through in your life. Exactly. But yeah, highly, oh God, highly recommend. When our cats die, what are we gonna do? I know, don't. I can't even bear it. I can't even think about it. I really can't. Oh my God! You're, sorry, I literally forgot just then about sorry that my actual I, I already lost one sorry. cat yeah <laughs> I can't literally die. and I was literally, literally devastated we were honestly devo but for shorter than Babes. you would be for a human I will say kind of got over it more quickly Cathas rang me at way. work in tears I did and then it was so sad that I started crying oh you did office. We are cat lovers, guys. Really As you will go on to hear we in this chat, lovers. we got into lots of cat-related chat with Dawn, fellow cat lover. You know, in case Misty you died guessed. on my sodding birthday as well. Really? No, I didn't know the that. Cheek. Oh my and god, gore. that's such like a bad luck classic you thing to happen. It was also sad because actually my parents tried to disguise the fact that he died so as not to ruin my birthday in New York, Aww. and we're like, and we're like, no, he's doing much better. 
and then actually then Annabelle was like no he's been put down oh don't and I was that like the roller coaster so yeah. yeah god we have had some odd situations like that really odd like when my sorry guys this is really sad but my granddad died during my finals and my parents hid it from me and had the funeral without me yeah, and I only found out because I was like uh hello no one's updated me on my granddad for like three days what's happened and they were like not only has he died but we've had the funeral I'm so sorry that's actually it, awful. I'm laughing I'm laughing no, that's horrific obviously I was like guys this didn't work out because I'm now more stressed than if I'd known so Dawn and Josie okay. as you can see are the guests of this week's episode we were so unbelievably excited to be invited down to the choose love boutique in carnaby street to record with the ladies we've been big fans of the charity for a long while so we love not mm. only hearing a little bit more about that but obviously all about dawn and josie's own respective work lives dawn's written many books as i've touched on lonely cat lady but two other of my faves are the cows and so lucky what i loved about interviewing them was just seeing how much they were like two best friends best friends interviewing best friends it's oh, always it was fun adorable when you put them wasn't, on wasn't it yes yeah, so it was there's really lots of laughter cute. it was a very girly fun vibe and guys if you have any last minute bits of christmas shopping please make sure you do go down to the choose love store it's open until christmas eve and if you miss it if you need to get something very last minute on christmas morning then lucky for you the website will be open you can snap up anything there and then as i said i got half my secret santa gift from there i'm also going to get a couple of little extra gifts just to give out like to my family i'm just going to write on a card what i got and then they know what's been donated idea. in their name well that's amazing babe um i'm really glad you did that i'm going to do the same really good idea because actually a few of my christmas presents have not arrived on time um i should also say lovely listeners that next week we will be going on a break because you know we've got to rest just a little uh, but we'll one be back. week you'll barely notice exactly. i mean let's hope they do let's hope they pine for that's us that's true go but back we'll into back, our back yeah. catalogue if you haven't already oh yes there's plenty go there to be getting on with and then we'll be back on January the 4th. We will, with loads of up-to-date culture recommendations, with some celebi talking points. We're going to get right back to the kind of... Nub. <laughs> that I was the in, nub the, the of nub. our essence. I was also just going to say the timely reporting, <laughs> but yes, the nub oh, as right, well. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> What a horrible, horrible little word. Enjoy, um, guys. Please If you do. think we sound unhinged now, wait till you hear the 4th of January because we're recording on Christmas. No, we're recording on New Year's Eve. Oh my God, so yes. We will, we're going to do a boozy will, New Year's Eve recording, guys. Yeah. So get ready. We'll be drunk. Buckle up. Have a great Christmas, whatever you're doing. We're sending you all so much love and we Happy are Christmas. beyond grateful for everything and all your support this year. We are so, so thrilled to have grown so much and to welcome so many amazing new listeners to this fab little community. We're obsessed with you all. Why are we all the same and interested in all the same things? Keep your messages coming. We love your takes. We love your perspectives. They are everything. So send them in. We love it. Please do send us a DM at Straight Up Pod. Uh, we've said this many times, but genuinely, when you send us DMs or leave us Apple reviews, we genuinely feel like gooey inside. It's that, the best. The recent Apple one is like an essay 
and everyone should go and read it for inspo as to how to leave a good review it's just (laughs) so good exceptional yeah your feedback makes all of the hard work worth it all of the extra research all of the late nights all the saturday sunday recordings we do it all for you and we are living for it we can't wait to bring you so much more next year so get ready to rumble Sorry, I, have to. I have <laughs> so good I'm so I, I couldn't not I wasn't expecting it but it was brilliant thank you babe and on that note I I feel completely mental all of a sudden okay everyone goodbye bye Kathas, we have many pet peeves that unite us, but I must say one of the most notable has got to be our misophonia, which as we've recently discovered is the term used to describe a negative emotional reaction to common sounds. Oh my God, babe, nothing enrages us quite like the sound of someone (laughs) troughing at their desk or tapping away violently on their keyboard. For me, as someone that struggles with ADHD, distracting sounds are honestly such an issue when I'm trying to work, I actually can't cope. Of course, which is why we're such big fans of the tiny, comfy and super unobtrusive Karma earbuds from our brilliant podcast sponsor, Flare Audio. Cathers, how do they work? Take it away. Well, Huns, our ears are shaped like shells, so the sound we receive is always distorted at about 20%. Most people's brains filter that out, but if, like me and Els, yours needs a little bit of a helping hand, then the Karma earbuds are just perfect. Such an upgrade I have to say from my noise cancelling headphones which very antisocial when you're in the office and a colleague's trying to talk to you and block you off from sounds you actually really need to hear don't just take our word for it either guys they've sold two million pairs since the launch of lockdown and they even do mini versions for kids and a new version called karma soft which is an extra soft option for those with more sensitive ears so go to flareaudio.com to snap up your karma earbuds thank you so much to flare Dawn, Josie, thank you so much for coming on Straight Up. We are so excited to be in the Choose Love shop in Carnaby Street right now, recording from the downstairs, surrounded by some gorgeous Choose Love merch. Oh, thank you for having us. We're so excited to have you here. This is our first podcast that we've done together, having worked with each other for eight years. Wow. It's a really exciting moment for us. It really is. So you guys launched the charity in 2015, but for listeners that don't know, how did you guys meet and how did the whole thing come about? Well, we met through Caroline Flack. We did. Because Josie and Caroline were best friends. And I um, worked with Caroline on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here when she hosted that. And then I think we just did a few years of Glastonbury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where you bond and make of friends. Course. <laughs> and um, many wonderful wild nights. Yeah. And, and that's, how, that's how we met. Yeah. Isn't it? And, and I used to work for Coldplay and lived in America with them. They, they took me to LA and Dawn and Chris lived there and you, you very kindly took me under your wing as well and had Sundays always at your house. Cooked and you lots of delicious l- food. Lots of delicious, yummy yeah, things. Yeah, it was great when you were out in LA. It all got, it all got really boring after you left. Just so you know, <laughs> that's why we moved home. About your wildest night together, if you can remember it. Oh, I don't know if we... Oh, actually, <laughs> I don't know the one I always think of. I don't know if I can say it. Anyway, so it went back, I don't know in, the, what back in the day. Back in the day, we were out in Camden. I'm sure you were there. You must have been there. You were there, um, Caroline and Gemma, I think. And um, I, I had recently met someone who. I'd met someone who met a guy who also <laughs> met a guy who knew the guy who pierced someone very famous's clitoris. 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that was not where I thought that was going. Anyway, this, this night got to the point where I said that on Instagram, but I also said the name of the like famous person, which I'm not going to say now. <laughs> and it's the only time in my entire experience with social media. It was just one of those nights where it just went off and we were all outrageous and so naughty and just like live streaming the whole thing in that horrible Instagram way. And, um, and it was the only time in my whole experience of social media when my agent... Um, messaged me at like 8 30 the next morning and just said are you sure are you oh. sure <laughs> and I was like I'm gonna take it down delete, it was, delete. I know yeah. but it was just, for some reason I always think of that as being like one of our wildest nights because we just felt fearless fearless and I was like I could say what I want and do what I want <laughs> did, did the famous person mind did she call you out on it I can't imagine for a second that she even knows that I exist <laughs> yeah. okay that's good yeah. yeah I feel like at that time you didn't we didn't still really understand that when you put something on Instagram it would be there forever yeah, it was all and still quite new. Yeah. yeah, and that someone might then that they might see it. I don't think it was offensive. I think it made her sound really cool. And also, Legendary. I did meet the guy who knew the guy who met the guy that knew the guy who met the guy. Who <laughs> <laughs> it was just facts. <laughs> I love that. That's a fantastic story. Thank you. Okay, so people can be a bit sniffy about celebrity philanthropy wrongly, surely, because you guys have shown how amazingly powerful and just strategic it can be. When did you realize that harnessing the power? of the celebrity voice was actually a really good thing to do so I think I mean the very founding of the organization was we were we were at lunch and we were just so upset to be seeing all of these images on the news and wanted to do something to help and Dawn having the profile that she did and the friends that we had having having a profile was how we were able to reach all of those people who also wanted to do something to help but didn't know how to do that and it was an amazing way for us to build community and make connection with people who who wanted to make change in the world um and and when we did that we we, we aimed to raise a thousand pounds but we ended up raising fifty thousand pounds in the first week we ended up with literally thousands of packages of aid arriving every single day and we went to calais in northern france expecting to kind of find a big aid organization there who we would hand all of this stuff over to and and what we saw was that there was no big aid organization and there was no government responding in the way that you would hope and there were families children literally living in a field with nowhere to sleep with no food with no nappies um and so we always say you know we couldn't unsee what we'd seen um but without kind of galvanizing everyone that we could to help including celebrities then there wouldn't have been shelters built that winter there wouldn't have been nappies provided for the babies there wouldn't have been warm clothes so whilst you know it would be amazing if we existed in a world where celebrities didn't have to be talking about all of these causes to raise funds unfortunately we live in a world where there are just so many needs so I think you you need everyone to step up yeah anyone that's sniffy about that I'm just like well the reality is that our connections to celebrities who have posted and worked with us has raised us millions and millions of pounds so be as stuffy as you like it doesn't matter like go and raise the money yourself then if you know another way but do you suggest an alternative (laughs) but also the other thing is like you know most people in the public eye will support a cause and when we started Choose Love which was help refugees back then this was not sexy people were scared of it it was political it was hard and everyone that supported us from back then to now is making a statement saying that they you know are supporting displaced people around the world it's like they're not just doing it to get attention or get in the papers they're they're really supporting a really serious issue. So in terms of us and what we do as a charity, every time someone supports us, we are just in awe and we are so grateful. Totally. And, and just 
just so like people come and work behind the tills in the shop and we're like thank you for standing up and you know choosing love because it's not um it's not a health you know it's not a charity that people support because someone in their family maybe had it they're making a decision to help other people so um whatever yeah <laughs> anyone who has an issue with that yeah and and i think people then cri- like criticize other celebrities for not speaking out so people I know. are kind of damned if yeah. you do damned if you don't and um, for sure i'd rather be on the side of history yeah helping out there in Definitely. the world it always reminds me of the phrase champagne socialism i take such issue with that because it's like well why are you denigrating people for actually trying to do something positive and yeah. make our society like more equal and a better place exactly but people totally. in the public eye don't have to do anything no. they choose to and so any anything where someone gets out of bed that day and does something for the better good of other people not just their own selfish experience of life is doing a great thing why slag that off i don't get it i yeah. don't get it Okay, JC, you're the CEO of Choose Love, and we love to hear about our guests' daily schedules. Could you tell us a little bit about what it's like on an average day being the CEO of Choose Love? My gosh, there is no average day. That is uh, where to start. But um, I mean, I am so privileged and lucky to do this job, and I get to meet the most incredible people. Um, I wish that I didn't wake up every morning and just go straight on my phone, straight on WhatsApp and Instagram, but I do. We have an amazing office in in East London. We just moved into our first ever our own office, um, which is a really special moment. Um, And we have the team there. So we have all different functions of the organization. So I'll be checking in with the partnerships team, the programs team, the comms team, digital team, speaking to our boards, might be doing little interviews or podcasts. I travel a lot. I'm in America a lot fundraising. We have a US entity of the organization there as well. It's totally varied. Is it more stressful or less stressful than working for one of the biggest bands on the planet? <laughs> it's a bit more stressful, if I'm, if I'm being really honest. But I always say it was such amazing, transferable skills doing that role because they're, you know, a, a huge global band phenomenon. Um, they have this small, incredible team who work so hard and are so good at their jobs. And I learned so, so much from them for everything from press to logistics to just how, you know, they're kind to everyone. And I've really tried to bring that culture into the organization as well. I mean, it's literally in the, in the name. Um, but, you know, if, if the band needs need something done, then yeah. the team have to make it be done. And I think that kind of attitude is also come in to choose love kind of via osmosis and that's why we've been able to kind of reach for the stars and and get to the moon and a lot of our aims so what's been your craziest day working for Coldplay oh my gosh that's a great question I think I just sometimes you know they were obviously have so so many friends and collaborators who are just the you know icons of the world i met beyonce um at the recording studio the dream and i shook her hand and that's probably the craziest day and probably one of the best days of my whole life oh my god <laughs> i wouldn't have washed my hand for like two days she was just <laughs> even more beautiful than you would imagine she's just you just her energy she was like yeah she's a special special being oh god i'm so jealous have you ever been starstruck dawn you must have met a few heroes who do I get starstruck by? It happened recently. Oh, God, and now I can't remember who it was. I, we've lived in Hollywood for 15 years, so you do kind of get a little bit more used to it. So I met Brad Pitt. Oh, oh I'd love yeah. to meet Brad Pitt. Chris has actually told this story on chat shows, but he, he, we were at the BAFTAs, and he shook my hand, but he only held two of my fingers. Oh. And while, while he held two of my fingers, he started talking to Chris, but didn't let go of my fingers. <laughs> And I just never forget him saying to Chris, we loved your movie. And I'm like, Chris, he means 
him and Angelina Jolie. Oh like, my god! Just, like, like they've just sat down and watched your movie, but all the while it's chatting to Chris <laughs> about the film. He's just holding onto my fingers. <laughs> and I'm just That's like, so funny. Ah, ah, I'm fine. <laughs> anyway, that is really quite odd. Yeah. <laughs> um, a weak handshake. So, Dawn, you've written a piece for the Times about being your oh life gosh. as a celebrity plus one. I think it was a while ago now. Do you remember writing yeah, I this? Do. I thought it was very funny. And we always like to ask our guests some of the most awkward, unglamorous things that happen uh, on the red carpet and at showbiz parties because those are often the funniest ones. What has been the weirdest or funniest moment for you as a red carpet plus one? Oh, I don't know if it's funny, but the one that comes to mind is we went to Cannes for the Cannes Film Festival. Chris had a movie, The Sapphires. and um, I love that movie. I love it. It's my favourite thing he's ever it's done. It's so good. Oh um, I can't see it. Yeah, it's no, just, it's it. just you wonderful. Must. It's wonderful. And it's like for all the Dirty Dancing fans, it's that kind of vibe. Yes. And um, so we were, Cannes can is like this, even more so than the Oscars, they are so, um, oh, what's the word? Like that you can't muck about on the red carpet at Cannes, basically. And Chris got these fancy socks. And so he's going on the red carpet, like lifting up the ends of his trousers to show off his fancy socks. And the guy the, um, who runs the festival just came up to him and said, don't do that at Cannes. That's not what happens at Cannes. But it was just such a weird one. So, sorry to say, but he was, we were with Harvey Weinstein because he did the PR for that. And Harvey just took Chris away. And we all got, we both got dressed up to go on the red carpet. And Harvey just took Chris and went in a different car. And I'm just left standing there going, what am I supposed to do? And I got kind of shoved into this other car with somebody else and arrived on the red carpet like ages after Chris. And I couldn't give a shit about being on a red carpet, but I really wanted to experience this night with Chris because it was huge. Yeah. Anyway, I'm standing, I eventually get there and I'm watching Chris like trying to show off his socks on the red carpet, just thinking this is really cute. And then someone just walked up to me and went, don't worry, you'll get your photo. <gasps> And no, was, it was just I remember just shriveling down to nothing, um, and just hating everyone, <laughs> and oh just my thinking God, that was such that a horrible such moment. A burn. Yeah, it was a burn. So sorry, it's not a funny story, but that it was is very su- funny. It I'm was sorry such to laugh at your misfortune, but that is um, funny actually. Yeah, and uh, and then and then and then we went in and watched the film, and again at the end of the film, he got kind of swept away, and I didn't see him for like an hour and a half later. That's so sad. Luckily, um, luckily D oh. was there, so I was with our oh, friend that's D, nice. and um, and I had a great time. But yeah, red carpets are so weird. Now I've learned I used to I used to be so awkward and so uncomfortable, and um, don't mind like doing one picture to show off my dress like that's quite fun. But then I, the rest of it is so awkward, and I used to stand there next to Chris while he would kind of do all the interviews on the red carpet, and just you just feel like such a spare part. Oh. And then I discovered that I can get there, do one picture, and just go inside and get a drink. You don't have to stand <laughs> so around. That's for the last however many years, I just I just have a little picture show off my dress. And then I go inside and get a drink. And by the time he gets to me, I'm three champagnes in. I've had a great time. <laughs> I've had a great time. time. <laughs> and, you know, you, I learned that eventually. But yeah, it's such, a, it's such a weird, unnatural, bizarre situation. It's funny <laughs> from, I guess, my side as well in that absolutely no diss to Chris. But I knew who you were long before I ever knew who he was. I was saying to Ellie off air, I used to love your columns in Glamour. How did you guys meet? Were you already well-known on the British circuit? You'd done so much TV. Yeah, obviously a prolific so, writer. Um, I was living out in LA and Chris moved out to LA and a mutual friend of ours um, said, or Dawn Porter's in LA. I don't know why he said that to him. (laughs) I I don't know why he said that to him. And so Chris asked me out on Facebook and he asked me out a few times and eventually on my 30th birthday, I was having a party 
And I said, sure, come, come to my party and bring all your friends. And he turned up at midnight and I was dancing with my dad, who was a big, tall Scottish man. And it was just like this straight swap for the big, tall Irish man. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and, that, and that was it. What was his, he his asked opening me line? If I wanted to go bowling. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, no, I don't want to go bowling. I kept saying no. A different saying, date. Yeah. And um, we never did go bowling. I was going to say, I, I didn't go did. bowling, no. I actually, I always thought I should get him a bowling ball as a present. I thought that'd be quite So cute. sentimental. Yeah, but we never actually went bowling, I don't think. So we should go yeah. bowling. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, bowling. That's what we should do at the weekend. And actually, when we were just standing outside and Chris and Dawn were both holding the sign, getting people in, but I think more people coming up and recognising you. It's a different yeah. world. Oh, the, the, I think this is why it works, is because I can't imagine being in a relationship and married to an actor if I was also doing that job. Mm. Firstly, the travel, the just the demand of the hours. You have a very different kind of... Um, recognized in a different way so being an actor it's red carpets and you know everyone's stopping for selfies and you're famous but when you're a writer you have readers and it's a completely different relationship that you have with people it's so much more mm. it's like more intimate almost yeah it's so much more intimate people will come up and they'll put their hand on my arm and they'll be like the cows meant a lot to me or something probably so not the cows nice. the book about wanking probably <laughs> <laughs> but you know something yeah. that I've written and it's just this completely different relationship whereas he's like famous and I'm well known and that is is very different okay so one thing i need to ask you about because i'm getting married next year and Aww. people keep asking me are you going to change your name i feel like what you did with porter putting o porter on was quite iconic like how did you make that decision i think a friend started to call us the o porters just as a bit of a joke and i had my first novel coming out and i got the publisher to mock up two covers one with dawn porter and one with dawn o porter and it's quite authory isn't it to have like a letter in the middle mm. and i looked at it and i was like i do want to do something but i knew i'd, I'd worked hard for my name and didn't want to lose it and um and so yeah i just i was like i'm going to just do it and everyone i started to use it and then within months after getting married changed it legally and put it on my passport and it's now my official name which still <laughs> I, I, love love I love it as well some, it's so good i literally say to chris sometimes change my name to Dawn O'Porter and he's like I know <laughs> you do it and it's but the kids are O'Porters as well like we we started off a new like a new line that's amazing it's I love so how good. your kids do they just get one letter from him but you get the whole I know the whole heft of I the mean, name yeah. Out there, yeah. yeah I know yeah. did pretty well I think oh, he saw me give birth and was like they should have your <laughs> <laughs> I wish more men thought that <laughs> So what about when you get recognised, both of you, because now that you've both been at the, at the helm of this, this charity for so long, what has been the most memorable experience with people that have recognised you out and about? Oh, and can we just preface this and say that, Josie, we saw you speak at a festival yes. years ago. Oh. So that was our introduction to Choose Love with Hassan. Oh, did that's like so a, nice. Oh, how lovely. Talk, which was like so inspiring and amazing. We literally spoke about it for years since. So when we heard about this, we were like, oh my God, yeah. yes. Oh, that's so lovely. Actually, do you know what? Doing talks at festivals, then afterwards, people always yeah. come up and like talk to you about what they connected with. I think just in general, when people say that, the message of Choose Love means so much to them and it's been a way for people to, to help and it's been a way for people to engage on something that they care about and it's become part of their life. People come to the shop every year and buy Christmas presents with their kids. Oh, Stuff like that is so just cute. so incredible and amazing. And who's been the hardest working celebrity? Um, what's it called? The contributor. Yeah. 
Who's worked with so many big names? There's so many. So Honestly, much. people are unreal yeah. with how, how much they do for us and how much time they give up. And, and we ask a lot of people. Dermot O'Leary's done so, so much, much for us. Like, who else? Like, Ashling B has done so much for us. There's so many people. So many Phoebe Waller Bridge has done Lina stuff with Hedy. you guys, right? Huh? Phoebe Waller Bridge has done some stuff with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Phoebe came into the store like three years ago and she was so amazing. I brought her downstairs to the merch. And um, was like, would you mind wearing a T-shirt? She was like, sure. She just took her top off, was in her bra in the, in the, in the shop. It was amazing. Um, and she was only going to stay an hour, but she ended up loving it. And she worked behind the tills for the whole day. I mean, it, we had a huge, it was like at the height of Fleabag fame as well. So there was literally a queue like down the street. And we had Andrew Scott as well behind, behind so the amazing. The dream. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Um, God, there, yeah, there are, there are so many people. But Olivia Coleman was doing, doing the yeah. tills last week. And she was being absolutely incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Jamie so Dornan came in and did the tills last week. Like, this is what I, from back to what I said earlier, people, um, people uh, like, celebrities as well as if you're not a celebrity are all looking at this crisis going what can I do and imagine having a platform where you could actually go and like raise loads of awareness and so people come in they give it so much their energy yeah they really like, do my husband's been upstairs for two hours dragging <laughs> people in <laughs> off the street we couldn't believe yeah. it when we got here we got outside we're like oh that's Chris we've been telling him we can go home and he just was like no I'm good I'm good thanks it's so lovely it's so cute how how do you find that you get people on board are they just so willing to do it because they support the cause so much or do you do you like pitch how do you actually get celebs to come and help out with spreading the word all sorts of ways if we know them personally we just text and ask them so there are sometimes around kind of um Usually around the start of January, I feel like I've exhausted all of my asks because we've <laughs> yeah. just been since October. Every single person who has any sort of profile, we've either asked them to wear a top, do a video, come into the <laughs> shop or doing something. And what's lovely about it is I always think every year I think people are going to stop you know, answering me and they never do. Yeah. And if they can't do it, there's, they always give a lovely reason and then they'll post about it. But we, we're pretty shameless in asking, aren't we? Yeah, because we, we're not asking for anything for ourselves. Yeah. You kind of, it, it loses loses the shame but I think as well people sometimes people are a bit nervous about speaking out on this issue and we really like want to take the time to explain what's happening and like take people on a journey and so I think a lot of our ambassadors they really feel that they really understand the issues they really understand how we work um and yeah and then they're really they're really proud to to do it and we always say we're not necessarily a charity we're more of a movement mm. and so they are really like core and central to the to the movement yeah. the celebrities that we work with so dawn as a fellow cat lady actually we're both cat ladies both we're all cat ladies well amazing okay well lucy have you freeze-dried your cat like <laughs> when i read that and the fact that it took 10 months i mean yeah. i have a lot of questions yeah. what does that actually mean so <laughs> When Lilu, my beloved Lilu, died so after 16 years, I'm all right 16. now. 16? I mean, yeah. what no, an age. No, it was, that was mean, totally okay for her to yeah. die. I just, it was 2020 <laughs> and I was just in a real heap. Yeah. And, um, and oh, so I Lilu. always, I know Lilu, so I'd always joked that I was going to get her stuffed. And then when she died, it suddenly happened. It was, obviously she's 16, it was inevitable, but it, the night that it happened was just, it all happened so fast. And suddenly I've just, you know, I'm holding her dead in my arms. And, like, and you've got to sign this form saying, um, leave her here. Um, and you get ashes back or you know take her home or whatever it is and so I left her there for a week and was just saying to Chris I um I just don't know what to do and I think he's he's like you can't get her 
stuffed. You can't, it's ridiculous. And I was like, well, I think I'm going to, but I'm going to take the week. And then I researched and realized that taxidermy, you might get back something that didn't look like your pet. But then I discovered freeze drying, which is, I found this little place in the valley in California that um, does it, sorry to be graphic, but they essentially take anything out that can rot. So basically like a fish. Mm-hmm. But then skeleton, skull, brain, shape, everything is kept in the place. eyes. Eyes. She's put into a position that you can choose. So I chose to the right, lying down, curled with ears up and eyes closed. And then she's put into a chamber for 10 months where she's dehydrated slowly. (laughs) So that when she comes out, she is as is. And that's what I have underneath my selfie mirror in my office. (laughs) And it looks, she looks so real people say and oh she really, looks real like, i mean she is real it's it she looks like the day she died that's what it's, it's it, nothing has happened to her she is literally frozen in time it's crazy and in in their old house in la she was on on this chair and i walked into the room and was like she's alive yeah it's very it's, weird it's but it's amazing I it's one of it. my favorite things about so, so what I know, position I is she in she's she's lying down curled up the weird thing about her, she just looks like a sleeping cat but if you pick her up she's entirely flat on the bottom which <laughs> oh is really freaking like a paper yeah. which is basically an ornament so she's got to be completely flat on the bottom um i love so i have her in my office where i go to um, write every day she's in amongst all my dresses which is where she was when she was alive and it's the weirdest and most wonderful thing I think I've ever done and I just love it what does she smell like? lavender because I'm scared of moths oh. so I stick a little lavender pouch in, in her little that paws is... so then I got a puppy and then the puppy chewed her ear off <gasps> so it just chewed her fucking ear off so we had to get reconstructive <laughs> surgery oh my god she had to go into back, back to her place in LA to get her ear done so, yeah. no, so, so now, now you put her on a height her ear off. it's so oh, awful oh my god I know really How really bad how much does it cost to reconstruct her they didn't charge me oh, because they, nice. they said we don't really have a price for this it's not <laughs> <laughs> and they were so nice they were like well um we'll just do it does it look realistic it looks all right it's kind of made of it's a bit felty compared to the Mm. other luckily it's the one on the lower side so it's okay but (laughs) poor Lulu she her ears as a Siamese was such part of her identity it was just it was such a kick in the face it was really mean you have two young children as well how do they feel about it I hope they're not frightened they they just love her it's normal my kids I'm their mum so this didn't even feel that weird to them I took them I took them to go and pick her up um, Valentine <laughs> carried her all the way had her on his lap all the way in the car home they they um, yeah they I don't know if what that says about our parents but they were just absolutely fine <laughs> chill they love it and everyone that came into the house obviously they just couldn't wait to say that's my mum's dead cat yeah our mum's a bit weird um, <laughs> quite proud yeah but quite proud <laughs> you're, you're a pet person I have seen recently that you've well you've actually had some trials and tribulations with your tortoise yeah sandwich cute um, I quite liked the pooing picture that you posted. I was—I've was, never seen was him impressive. poo before like that. He, he stuck out <laughs> his back legs, straightened them, so he kind of went up into this kind of <laughs> awkward position, and just did the most enormous poo on the cu- in the rug <laughs> in the kitchen. And I was like, I don't want him to do that, but I have to take a photo. And then obviously, because <laughs> right on your carpet, has put it on Instagram because that's the content that we're all here for. It's golden content. It was yeah. great. I even te- I text you. <laughs> yeah. and say, great content. Text me immediately. Yeah. <laughs> say the sandwich content is what we all yeah. want. Yeah. I appreciated it a lot. <laughs> 
puns, we have the best news for those of you based in London. Okay, how would you like to go to the best fitness classes in the capital for free? Yep, you heard me right, without spending a penny. It's all so exciting, and it's thanks to our amazing partner, Yonder, which, as regular listeners will know, is this incredible lifestyle credit card that allows you to earn points for every pound you spend that you can then redeem at a selection of lifestyle experiences across the city, so from restaurants and bars to shops, hotels, gyms, and more. So what's really fun is that the Raw partners change each month so loads to choose from this month they've partnered with boxing club co-box which describes itself as where fight club meets nightclub and then there's boom cycle which is apparently a party on a bike Cathers, that sounds like a bit of us. And actually, it's a fab thing to do for when you want to swap the pub for something just a little bit more wholesome, but still hang out. So I am defo up for that. Also, guys, the point system is so good that the other night I went to 45 German Street, one of my favorite restaurants, and I used my points with my boyfriend to get the entire £175 meal for free. Also, guys, good to know the £15 monthly Yonder card fee includes comprehensive travel insurance. So compared to other credit cards on the market, it feels well worth the money. Thank you so much to our amazing partner, Yonder. Get your first month free and 10,000 points when you join then it's £15 a month thereafter please do make sure you borrow responsibly T's and C's apply rep 66.7% APR variable I mean I think there are lots of like very powerful cultural ways to get involved with charities or movements as Mm -hmm. you say what do you think has been the most impactful TV series or film that captures the reality of the migrant crisis wow um, well, the film The Swimmers, which we were really lucky <gasps> to be that. charity partner of, which yeah. was on Netflix about the Mardini sisters, is yes. just it's incredible. An absolutely it incredible film. Um, and it was made by an incredible female director, Sally El Hosseini, who's just an incredible, incredible woman. She told the story so thoughtfully. Um, Hassan Akkad, who is um, part of Choose Love from the very beginning, he works as creative director with us now. He was the associate producer on the film. So really that, you know, it was embedded in the stories and, uh, and, and the people who had had that experience. And I think that, that really came through. And I think anyone that wants to understand what those journeys are mm. and that actually this could happen to anyone. And I think it's really important that you see the life before the sisters have to yes. have to leave as well. And you see that they're going, sounds silly, but that they're going clubbing yeah, and yeah. all of these kind of things. It just really brings back home that this could just happen to, to anyone. And it's just such a beautiful, and it was beautiful Oscar, film. Was it Oscar nominated? Or? It was definitely BAFTA nominated. Oh, BAFTA nominated. Yeah, I think that's yeah, how I heard of yeah. it. Yeah. And we also work with an amazing um, film director called Wad Al-Khatib who um, is a Syrian filmmaker and that she was nominated for an Oscar, her film for Sama. So that was a, that was a documentary. We were just talking about that beautiful, yeah. devastating film. Yeah, just an incredible film. And again, if people want to like understand that experience, it's an amazing film. And she has a new film coming out called We Dared to Dream about the... Um, uh, refugee Olympic team and Angelina Jolie is a producer on the film uh, John Legend's done the music oh, wow. um, I went to the premiere last couple of weeks ago um, and it's just amazing so I also recommend everyone to watch that okay amazing okay so what was each of yours first pop culture obsession mine would have been big one I'd say was probably Madonna the Immaculate mm. Collection that was probably my my first one and then um one that I remember the most of because I was older was the Spice Girls. I, I don't think in my life I've ever been a fan like I was of the Spice Girls. There's nothing in modern. Yeah, I'm still trying to remember that person that I got starstruck by the other day. But um, but the Spice Girls got me. I lived and breathed them. I used to carry pictures of them around in my in my bag. Have you met any of them? I've met a lot of them now. Yeah, yeah. Not 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 Victoria um, or scary. 
Mel, but I, I know Mel C quite well. I've interviewed her a few times. She's lovely. Oh, she's so nice. And I think I'm seeing Emma tonight at this thing that I'm going to. I don't know her very well, but I've Aww. met her. But yeah, well, I interviewed Mel C on stage in LA for her book. And it was one of my favorite things I've ever done in my whole career because to when you're interviewing someone, as you know, it's when you know that you're really well-researched, it's just mm. such a joyous thing to do when, you, when you're nervous that you don't know anything. And I knew everything. <laughs> like, I was like, I could, I could go on Mastermind <laughs> and do the Spice Girls. And so I just was, there were no nerves in my belly and just had this amazing experience of interviewing her and the audience loved it and I loved it. And I was like, I don't know if I could ever do that again because I don't know if there's anything else in the world that I know as well as I know the Spice Girls, but they, I was obsessed one thing that really struck me about Mel's book was how she revisited the, the, I guess, paparazzi like intrusion and yeah. how brutal it actually was. I mean, I'm sure you're no stranger to the paparazzi. You have, over the years, appeared in the Daily Mail and things like that. Like, what's your relationship with it now? I know so many people even moved to LA to kind of get away from that. Yeah, it's never been a part of my life. Like, if yeah. I go to an event, but I've, I, I think I, I think a pap followed us once in Ireland, like a hundred years ago. It's really, I don't know why we've, well, it's Chris especially, I don't know why that we've never been interesting. I get, maybe it's because I'm such an open book and there's nothing to uncover, <laughs> I don't know. But um, so luckily it's just never been a part of our lives. Thank God. I mean, I'd hate it. I know we've just done a big episode on how the paparazzi like ruined the noughties for most stars. And yeah. yeah. Well, did you watch um, Robbie Williams's new yeah. series on Netflix? Oh, I need to watch it. I haven't watched watch it yet. Again, it's another person. Obviously, you know, Caroline's very yeah. Um, yeah. dear to us. And so you know, we now do Flackstock to, uh, you know, celebrate her. But watching Robbie, I was like, mm. God, this has been going on for so yeah. long. Mm. And, it, and like being around Caroline how they were sometimes with her was really? it was just awful there's been yeah. some absolute cork and pictures of you oh, in the day I, I've always well. like would it be like in like a tracksuit Caroline would look amazing and then I'm like standing on the side of the picture looking absolutely horrific there was like quite a lot of jobs ago there was an I called in sick to work and then my friend texted me and was like you're on the top story of the Daily Mail. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, in the background with all the pictures of Caroline. I was like, no. Oh, and so did hide. they clock? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Never to this asked. day I've played. Where, had, where were you? Where had you been seen? In Soho. Out, out, out. Out, out. 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 It, and it said like 2.30 a.m. But you still were sick. Yeah, it's true. Like, well, you couldn't true. have worked that day. That's yeah. true. All very bad. Oh, that's <laughs> really, really funny. Okay, and your pop culture early obsession? I was, Kylie Minogue was was my first, and then the Spice Girls as well. I mean, I love yeah. the Spice Girls. And I was always Jerry in the, in the videos. And then actually a couple of weeks ago, I got invited to her book launch oh, yeah. and so I met I, that was the first time I ever met her and I wanted to oh. say I was always you when I was a kid but I, I didn't Jerry she's brilliant so fab she looks amazing yeah okay so on the topic of looking amazing I wanted to get your guys thoughts obviously you live in LA you're out there a lot for work Jamila Jamil posted something the other day that I found really interesting because she said having traveled to Europe in the summer she was suddenly struck by how in LA women stop aging and she just kind of hadn't noticed that until she was elsewhere and gave her the perspective that actually, I guess, because I guess it is well known as being somewhere where people are concerned with appearances. But mm. ha is that something you found? Like, is there a pressure for women to look like eternally young? Um, I was like, everyone always said that about L.A., but that wasn't my circle of friends. Like none of I mean, I love Botox, so I can't be like critical of 
other people that get it. You both look incredible, by the way. Can I just say? Thanks. It's like, we need your skincare tips. I, I, after 2020, uh, before, before I turned 40, I was like, I'll never do that. And then the pandemic happened and I was a raging alcoholic for a year. <laughs> Crying <laughs> every day. And just, I looked at myself in like the start of 2021 and I was like, fuck this. Get mm. it in my face. <laughs> um, so I am, um, but I, um, in terms of LA... I don't know if I did feel that. I also I think it depends who your heroes are. Like I've I've never seen an episode of the Kardashians. I don't think I I'm not like looking at people like that. You I'm know, in Calabasas. Well, no, <laughs> but I just mean the and the people that were coming around to my house for um, Sunday lunch were aging. Um, we might all be chasing a couple of years, but we're not in denial about going on so I don't really know I mean Jamila's very in that world maybe where she's you know she sees like actual celebrities every day and works in movies and does all that stuff but also she I have to say Jamila Jamil is the most beautiful person I've oh ever seen gosh. in real life ever it's I it's horrifying like you <laughs> it's like it's like it's like uh, sh- she's she she came to quite a few of those Sundays that I did at my yeah. house when I, so I moved back here now but she came to quite a few of those Sundays she walk in like Sunday micro mini um, stars on her cheeks. This is a few years ago when she did that. Skin like porcelain. I have n- and the boys would just kind of dribble and kind of <laughs> sit down and just have to watch her. And you're just like, how are you real? Also, what I love about Tamila is a bit like how you harness the celebrity voice. She will always do this thing where she will video her boobs yeah. on Instagram and then be like, got your attention, please yeah. like donate to yeah. this. Or she's let's brilliant. She's one of massive. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, she like actually someone who's worked the hardest. She's up yeah. there. She does so much for us and been such a support and she's also like she's obviously so smart and clever and she like advises us a lot as well mm. in thinking about our comms and she's oh just, she's amazing she's the full love package. her so much love, I love she, she so just did an event so for us in LA with with her amazing boyfriend James Blake raising money for us yeah and um, it was a really special night it was so yeah it was just incredible yeah yeah she's one of, she's one of those people where she's always right or well, mostly <laughs> mostly right <laughs> she's mostly right <laughs> So when she's saying that, I can totally imagine her experience of leaving LA and noticing like aging happening in other places. Uh, so I'm not I'm not saying that isn't the case, but um, but I feel I don't know. I think it's who you look up to and who you surround yourself with. Mm. And I feel like my my circle of people, it's not an issue in my life where I feel like everyone's denying getting older. I feel like I can imagine you being a really great host. You guys have been touching on your Sunday Dawn lunch is the sessions. Best host, yeah. honestly, she is the best host. I really go for it. I love yeah. cooking. The more people I can cook for, the better. What, what are your rules? What are your golden rules for the perfect dinner party? Um, my rules: Don't you dare bring food. Oh, I, I, if, see, if, you get really. I get I've really, seen, get really offended. So if I've, <laughs> if I've spent all day cooking and planning, like I'm meticulous. I've got ev- any like James Blake we were just talking about <laughs> when they came to mine for um, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. He is gluten free, vegan, doesn't like mushrooms. And so Jamila <laughs> was like, "I'll bring his food," and I was like, "Don't you dare! This is a challenge, and I'm going to take it on." And I can't. <laughs> I'm not accepted. And so and I loved it, and I cooked him a delicious meal, and everybody had lots of food. It, and was, it was such wonderful. an amazing meal. So um, so I don't have any rules, but I, you can't bring food. So if I've been cooking 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 and you turn up with something oh I made this I thought we could have it for dessert I'm like do you not think I've thought about that <gasps> that's where Belinda's Pavlova <laughs> and another, cat lady comes it. from was, yes it does it's the, the first scene How yeah. Yeah. where I was like if I put this in the book and weirdly I said this on another yeah. podcast the other week which is making me realise I've got a real issue it's your thing <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's rude I think it's lovely to turn up with a gift or a bottle of wine <laughs> but to turn up with food to be eaten on the night when someone's been cooking all day I think is rude mm. That would be Very my only rule. Good point. And then just wear something fabulous. Okay, so Josie, what's your favourite of Dawn's dishes? Uh, any roast meat. Ooh, yeah, meat's good. and all all of the all of the trimmings. But Dawn 
Dawn, on Sundays in LA, you used to have multiple types of meat that would be there. You, you don't go all, all out. Yeah, it was really good. Oh, so good. You love a beef. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. And what about your aperitif? We love a cocktail here at Straight Off. In fact, that's where we got the name from because we would always actually give our guests drinks when we recorded, which would end in some quite drunken yeah. recordings. <laughs> um, yeah, what about, what do you serve alongside it? We drink a lot, quite a lot of red wine, don't mm. we? Red wine and margaritas yeah. would be my drink. Yeah. yeah. Love a marg. Love a marg. Oh, spicy over marg. the marg. Yeah. We were saying we're into the martini, except are we? Because they're oh. not that nice. <laughs> I do love a marg, but now I like it when it's like a flavoured one. If it's got like ginger or like a bit of pineapple. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Someone, I, I love espresso martinis, but I can't drink them because I just won't sleep. But mm. I was at dinner the other night and someone ordered a decaf espresso martini. Oh, and I was wow. like, it's genius. Was it nice? It was delicious. I loved the flavor. I would yeah. never drink decaf coffee. I don't see the point in it. But it's a delicious like oh, martini. Yeah. And I was like, so I might. I had um, an Earl Grey martini the other day. Oh, really? And it was so good. I, I can't imagine delicious. what that tastes like. That's I can't describe it. Really? <laughs> it, it. Imagine this: gin and Earl Grey. Right, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like it could have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, ladies, so if you could give us one spot in London that you really recommend, it could be like a restaurant, a pub, a bar, but where are your favourite haunts? Oh, great question. Um, my favourite restaurant is just around the corner from here in Kingley Court, and it is Imad's Syrian Kitchen. Oh, yeah. so um, good. Oh, have you been? It's just so nice. So Imad is a dear friend and collaborator, mm. and the food is just, it's just so good. I just, the fala- it's the best falafel maybe in the world. Um, and then all the little dishes that he does, it's just um, stunning. Where else is a... Oh, I love Dishoom. Oh, Dishoom. So I've only just moved back, so I'm really like discovering places. And I and I really feel one thing about moving back, I really do feel like I've been living in another country for fifteen years and that I'm totally out of touch. I don't know where to go. Like I'm I'm a wanker, I'm a member of Soho House and Quo Vardis <laughs> and all of the things. But I so that's just I just have gone there for the last fifteen years. Well the less said about the food at Soho House, the better. Oh I don't know. Yes. See, I, 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 I a chopped salad has let me down. Oh dear, I'm so sorry. Oh. I always find it quite reliable. Um but, so, <laughs> you know but it's made me it's made me very lazy over the years but now I'm back I'm trying to go to other places I love Dishoom I can't stop ordering it and is Burger and Lobster still open on um do you remember that place? Yeah. Open in town. Where you Caroline only... had her birthday there one oh, year. I mean of course she did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can only order burger or lobster yes. that's heaven to me. I love that place. Or burger and lobster. Yeah. Okay and what about when you're what about for afters? Where do you go? I feel like the Groucho days are over. The Groucho days are maybe over. Guys, if I'm not in bed by I'm, midnight, I have a really bad day the next day. <laughs> then someone fair. says, do you want to go for dinner? I'm like, yeah, it's six o'clock, okay. <laughs> and if I, can, if I can get dinner, a really nice bottle, maybe even two bottles of wine down and be in bed by 9.30, that is Ooh, my 9:30. dream. <laughs> that's my dream You're night. drinking fast. Yeah, I mean, six and 9.30, yeah. yeah. That's my dream night. <laughs> and I live in Hackney, so there's lots of nice little pubs or wine bar vibes mm. um or like just going around to friends really that's yeah i love going around to friends. going around to friends yeah okay and can you give us some pop culture recommendations oh what are you ingesting culturally at the moment oh my gosh oh, so i've discovered this artist i mean she won a grammy i think she won it but doesn't seem to be a household name. Her name is Alison Russell, and she has this absolutely beautiful song called Night Flyer, and I just cannot stop Ooh. listening to it. It's beautiful. And I've just seen that she's coming, she's doing a tour, and she's in London around the time of my birthday in January. But she's got tickets left, and people should go and see her because she's absolutely wonderful. She's like my little discovery. Oh, I'm going to listen. Mm, yeah. um, I went to Madonna this week and that was just I just couldn't get enough of yeah, the show so and it had dancers and she had like the, the kind of 
cream of the crop, I think, apparently, of the dancing world. And mm. I, that was really, really amazing. I don't know. I feel like I don't... I've not really got the time. And basically all we talk about is Harry Styles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all we care about. Yeah. Okay, and what about books? You mentioned off-air that there's... A steamy lesbian romp you've been oh, enjoying. So, so I do this, um, I do a list of my recommendations for WH Smith and it's brilliant because it's, it means I have to read so much, which is always a pleasure. But there's one called, um, I mean, they're all brilliant. A Certain Hunger by um, Chelsea Summers was amazing, but a really, really funny, just, I was so shocked when I started reading because I didn't know what it was about. It's just this lesbian romp. There is, how rude are you here? Oh, you can. Yeah. Me <laughs> I'm just kind of casually reading this book, thinking it's fun, and I'm like, oh, and uh, yep, she's getting fisted, and we're doing oh. <laughs> like it's like minute detail on getting fisted. And so that <laughs> is, but it's also brilliant, and it's not all salacious and whatever. It's a really good book, and it's by Kate Davies, and it's called In at the Deep End. Sounds like it's giving a bit of like Daisy Buchanan's yeah. Irresistible, Insatiable. Oh, insatiable. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. that vibe. But it's it's it's. I think it's it's really light. It's really easy to read, and essentially, it's a relationship which you've read this relationship a thousand times with a guy and it's the same kind of dynamic with a girl. It's mm. just like some really hot lesbian sex thrown in, which I just love. Sounds great. Yeah. What about you, Josie? I, do you know what? I ha- have to admit that I haven't really been reading very much recently. I'm like too addicted to Instagram. I'm about to go on holiday to Mexico for two weeks Ooh. after Christmas and I'm going to dig deep into Dawn's WH Smith mm. in at the deep end list in at the yeah. deep end yeah whereabouts are you going in Mexico I'm going to Oaxaca <gasps> amazing I'm, I went in March and it did was like you? my was best it stunning? trip Port Escondido is my favourite place in the world oh okay we'll make sure that so I go good. there I'm so excited and I've decided that I'm going to do a like sober stint from the 2nd of January so I'm going to have <gasps> a lot of margaritas prior to New Year have yeah. a lovely great big New Year I feel like next year really is the, chill. Like, it, yeah. needs to, it needs to cleanse I'm going to leave Instagram Josie's going to stop drinking for a bit. Just feel like this year's been loud mm. and busy and intense and just need to like get those hours in the day back for other things like reading sexy Leslie Burns. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Fun. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the big priority for Choose Love in 2024? To carry on, to keep going. As I said earlier, we have this 250 partner organization. So we want to be able to keep supporting them, support them more because they all have so much more work they would love to be doing. Um, continue to grow our community. We're just about to hit 500,000 followers, um, which is amazing. I mean, we're the second biggest Instagram account on forced displacement after UNHCR, which is wow. really, really incredible. Also a real responsibility, but we want to get to a million. Yeah. So that will be the next goal. And just to, you know, there's so much need in the world. There are over 100 million displaced people. And so we want to be able to do as, do as much as we can. So grow the organization, but we want to grow more like Patagonia than Amazon, I would say. So do it doing that carefully. And yeah, keep keep on like remaining relevant, partnering with the, with the coolest brands, the coolest people. And is there one celeb you haven't yet managed to get behind the till that you're going to be chasing oh, down next do? year? Oh my God, I really want The Rock. Oh, oh my yeah. god, don't. He's my I also yeah. Chris is my favourite actor. Yeah. Uh, can I also mention next year that we've we've just started Choose Love Presents, which is like a series of live yeah. events that I think are gonna become iconic and amazing. We've got one on Thursday. I know that it will this will air afterwards, but with Dermot Kennedy. I've got a comedy night for the guest of the podcast. A comedy night at the Irish Centre that Dara O'Brien is gonna headline for us. And we just look out for Choose Love Presents because yeah. we've got some amazing, amazing live events coming up. Yeah. And they're gonna Fantastic. be huge fundraisers for us. So we yeah, love they really to support are. them. Yeah. We really want to do more in the cultural space. Well, I, I saw think. you um, were partnered with Letters Live, which I went to yeah. for the 50th. It was so good. It was so brilliant. Yeah. What an amazing night. I mean, I, 
every single time a new celebrity came out, like the audience just couldn't believe it. No, yeah, and you it was like you it did was a speech, didn't I you? I did. You were really I got good. to speak yeah. at the beginning, um, which is really special and amazing. And but it felt like it was like Olivia Coleman. Everyone's like can't believe it and it's it Gillian Anderson then it's Benedict and, and then Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson. Oh, oh my god I can't breathe <laughs> and I love so that good. they saved Woody for the second half so everyone thought that they'd had everyone yeah, yeah and yeah. then Woody came out and it was just erupted. exactly so everyone listening that you buy a ticket to go to Letters Live and it's famous people who read letters out from the past or present um, but no one in the audience knows who's coming out on stage so it's suddenly you've just been Stephen Fry Olivia yeah. Coleman Woody Harrison like I, I just didn't know what to do with yourself it was incredible I was in shock yeah was so amazing. good Great. it was so good such a brilliant so that's Benedict Cumberbatch who's another <sighs> massive supporter of he Choose really Love. is yeah. he's done so so much yeah he's behind that night. Yeah. so now we just need amazing. The Rock have you asked him no but we've just um just started to maybe work with someone who is connected to him so there's a strategy so yeah, yeah so i've been like okay great <laughs> we're yeah. gonna need we're gonna need to get like a bespoke t-shirt made big enough yeah, oh we are it's gonna crush through actually, it like actually, the heart yeah. <laughs> we are but i think it will happen next year oh don't that's gonna send me completely over the edge yeah that is our dream do you think really it's weird if i just say can you just pick me up yeah. <laughs> like being picked up is such a, like the the anxiety that someone's going to pick you up is so awful. But to be picked up by him and feel little, oh, so stunning. You could do you and Chris in each arm. Oh, yeah, that's the dream. That's yeah. what we're aiming for. We all manifest it for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, ladies. What a good thank you. No, thank you so much. Thank you.